The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. Thank you all for being with us as we go back to our normal scheduling. Um, we have uh, nothing to talk about. We have no game to talk about on Saturday because it was cancelled. Uh, you know, around 12 hours after we finished recording our last episode. That was that was helpful. Thank you very much, EFL, for giving us the heads up on that one. Um, but we sh- we're going to preview the Blackpool game. By all accounts, the Blackpool game is going to go ahead. Um, so we are going to preview it as if it is going to go ahead. And then we can all blame the FL if and when it is cancelled again. Uh, Mick is back from the car park in Wales to his own home. Thank you for joining us. I am. So, yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, and Danny is back in his normal place. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Yep, no worries. I'm keeping the Union flag up, though, because I want to. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like. Uh, loads been with us in the comments already. Neil Liversey, Gav Grundy, Baza, S64 Miller, Sarah Ogden. Loads of you joining us with us. I'm not going to name you all, but thank you all very much for being with us. Um, we also want to spend a special thank you to Athletic Green, who are continually supporting this podcast, uh, even though we haven't mentioned them in, in a while. Um, <laughs> they are the Athletic Green and their AG1 um, sort of smoothie drink. is uh, It ha- has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, Sourced ingredients, pri- probiotics. I should know that line <laughs> out, probiotics. Um, yeah, I should do. Um, Mick, again, one that you're, you're a uh, big cheerleader for Athletic Green, aren't you? Mm, I am, yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's great. It's been really beneficial for me. Um, so I should certainly be continuing with it. And I recommend that, uh, that you give it a shot. It's uh, it's definitely worth it having a look at. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's not Ben. But obviously, does highly recommend it. Um, we have no <laughs> to that, unfortunately. Uh, but it promotes gut health. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly. Uh, it has ke- uh, keto, paleo, vegan, and dairy free or gluten free. Supports all of those. 
and to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give everybody who signs up a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rotherham, which allows you to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you very much, Athletic Green. We do appreciate it. Um, I thought we'd start by talking about the postponement, uh, because when we recorded on Thursday... Uh, obviously, the news just sort of, sort of broke about the Queen uh, passing away, and there was a lot of scrambling from authorities to sort of work out what they were going to do, not just football, other authorities as well. Um, we all sort of expected all sport to be off, to be honest with you, Danny. I expected everything to be off. Uh, football went, went early compared to everybody else, but still took a long time to make their decision. Um, and I, I would say, based on every other sport, in particular cricket, I think football's... Let, <laughs> Let themselves down might be the wrong phrase, but I think the tribute that cricket did on Saturday or the Oval for the for the cricket for the Test kit Test match was spectacular, and mm. I think football should have. We will have the opportunity on Tuesday and Wednesday. I suppose we will have that opportunity, but I think football. We know we've seen sport bring people together in times like this, and I think football's missed a trick and it should have gone ahead. Yeah, I mean you can you can understand why they've called it off. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can absolutely understand why it's, why they did call it off and they made that decision, but at least in my opinion, it should have been a decision across the board. Like if one sport says no, then everybody should say no, and then it should be a, a complete day of of nothing really. But to have football as the only main sport in the UK, if you like, not to go ahead, it feels like. And I, I don't know, it just doesn't really sit right with me. It's either you're all on and you're all pay your respects in your own way or it's all off, and that's a universal Ooh. respect paid, if you like. Um, but, yeah, like you say, we saw the scenes at, um, at the Oval with cricket, which was quite beautiful, to be fair. Like, there was the odd singing of the new national anthem, um, <laughs> but the majority of it was in silence, mm. which I think to have just the national anthem playing and be stood in silence... Is quite fitting of, of cricket because I don't know for me at least cricket and rugby seem like more royal sports if that makes sense like they seem to be sports that mm. you would actually see played on royal grounds if you like um, but with football we all know what had happened the national anthem had come on and we'd all be absolutely blaring it out wouldn't we yeah. Um, but yeah I don't know it, it you can see both sides of the argument but. For, for football to be the only main sport in the UK not to do it, it's a bit... Yeah, anyway. And the worst thing was, it wasn't even the FA or the EFL that came out and made the decision first. It was the Northern Irish FA that was the first mm. one to call off all football. And, I don't know, maybe they put it out first and everyone felt they should follow suit with it. Uh, I'm not sure, but anyway, it's happened now. And as far as we know, Wednesday's still on and potentially Middlesbrough's still on because they've announced the uh, official funeral is on Monday morning, I think they said, and it's a bank holiday. So we all get to watch the proceedings and say one last goodbye to our Queen. I think with football, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to generalise here, Mick. I feel like football is ran by a bunch of old people who don't necessarily... They sort of think they've got to do certain things. And I, I understand the, the will to sort of... <clears throat> cut everything off um, for mark of respect. I understand the want to do it. But I also think you've got to take into account 
the fans as well and what the fans might want to do and how fans may want to show their respects. Because at the end of the day, it's our game as well. And I don't think they've done that. I think they've done what they think they sh- they were meant to do. And even the government sort of has said, do what you want, you know, you, as long as you do it resp- respectfully, responsibly, do whatever you want. Um, that's just, yeah. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Um, I think I had a few days to sort of uh, think it through and, and reflect on it. Um, initially, my thought was probably it was going to be the right decision, but then having thought about it, um, I think it was I think it was definitely the wrong decision. Um, the, the problem you've got with football is that it's more corporate than a corporate thing, isn't it? You know, <laughs> so so we're all the only thing, the sole reason that the EFL and the FA exist, as far as the people who are, who are within that organisation are concerned, is to make sure that they don't get any bad PR. That's all they're interested in. There, there is no interest in, in in anything else as, as a sort of, a, you know, the pinnacle of what their thoughts are. Everything refers back, whatever decision they make refers back to whether we're going to get any good or bad PR out of it. And if it's going to be bad PR, then, then we, we, we're going to shy away from it. Um, it it's, it's nonsense, really. It's nonsense. And, and what's, what's happened is it's, it's taken away from the millions of football supporters and football players up and down this country the opportunity to show their um, respect at the time. You know, it, we're now sort of three or four days after this has happened. Um, and by the time football gets the opportunity to, to pay its respects, you know, it's, it's going to be... I don't know what the word is. I, I, I'm, I'm, it's not old news, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I do. You know what I mean, yeah. People, have, people have begun to get used to the idea, and it, it's kind of it, it's kind of watered down a little bit um, from from football fans' points of view. I agree with what happened at, at the test on Saturday was just wonderful, um, and it happened up and down the country for mm. you know, rugby games and, and, and rugby league, rugby union, and, and other sports as well. Um, and, it, and it just put those sports into such a good light, and the supporters of those sports. I, I, I've noticed a couple of comments in the people in the comments referencing a couple of clubs who would likely to be um, cause some um, bad PR for the football associations. And I, my view, my genuine view is that that was a big driver. I think. In, in cancelling these games, um, but it, it's just it's it, it's it's a little bit sad, really, um, from my from my point of view. I, I I can see both sides of the argument, but I think ultimately, ultimately the game should have gone ahead, in my view. Um, but it is what it is, isn't it? You know, you're not going to fight the corporate machine, are you? No, no, I don't agree. Can um, I um, can I just chip in with two cents on this? Perfect, mate. The FA said all football from professional top tier level down to grassroots was cancelled <clears throat> over the weekend. <laughs> now I don't know if anyone's seen. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if anyone's seen on Twitter, but the we I can't say that word. The wee little rascals that are at Eton College, uh, I think it was under thirteens. Their game still went ahead, and <laughs> um, and I think there was a posh school in Sheffield that tried to have a game against somebody else. And someone sprague on them, and um, they had it called off. And then they had a um, 
a friendly against them, and then that got also called off, and then they went, oh, there's now a training session, and then the other team turned up to join in with the training session. It's like, lads, just stop. If football can't happen, it can't happen. Don't cheat the system because you're in the, the posh boy school. You know, but seeing that thing about Eton College still going on, it's just like, oh, we know which direction this is going to go. One rule for them, another for all, and this, that, and other. And sure enough, there it was. And they've got a point, but oh, it, it's people who try and cheat the system that annoy me. You know, like I said before, it's either universal or it, it carries on, you know. But uh, anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't get the grassroots stuff being cancelled. That was that is crazy. But anyway, 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 anyway. Uh, I think the general consensus is uh, in the comments that it maybe should have gone ahead. Uh, Shellstone mentions the West Ham game on Thursday evening at Europa Conference League. I think yeah, the spontaneous mm. national anthem with, was was amazing. Have you seen uh, what UEFA have said about Rangers uh, Champions League game? They're not allowing away fans, are they? No, um, they've called it off. Well, they've called off twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, they've moved it back 24 hours against Napoli, yeah, which I think is good because at least UEFA understand the situation. Because I want one Champions League, Europa League, and um, it's all one called Um, Conference League, is that it? That's Conference League, yeah. Yeah, I won't want those games all going ahead, including the English ones, because then that is a proper cheat of the system. If if UEFA are respectful, then they'll call off those games, which have, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Mixture of comments, but I think I think majority think we should have gone ahead. Some people agree with the decision to cancel. It's all about opinions, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah, so yeah. What, what I will say is, and I thought about this the other day, based on how this is going, but I thought about based on how our system works, our monarchy system works, this has to happen to move on to sort of the next monarch. This should have been thought by the EFL and the Premier League, you know, and the FA. This was going mm. to happen at some point, so there should have been right. This has happened, so this protocol comes into place. But from the EFL, I, I don't can't understand why they haven't thought this far ahead. Um, disappointed, not surprised. But it, it, it appears that they make the decisions on the hoof, but they probably haven't made the decision on the hoof. What they haven't done is communicated anything to anybody else, yeah. um, and that that is a is a theme that runs throughout the whole of the management of football. There is zero. There appears to be. No communication whatsoever with the people that it affects. Um, it's, it's just an afterthought. Um, you're absolutely right. This has been coming for a long time. Obviously, we knew that this was going to happen. There should have been plans in place, and those plans could have gone into operation immediately. But it would appear we had to have a meeting. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? But anyway, it is what it is. But you're watching. He's giving his two cents. No. <laughs> It's not mine. It's not mine either. Not mine either. Who was it? Oh yeah, it was mine. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh thank God. <laughs> He's, uh, oh, he, he, oh no, the government's heard us and they're watching. Oh no. <laughs> Siri doesn't understand anyway. He, he, he has repeated everything that I've said there on the watch. <laughs> anyway, we go ahead Wednesday, and I'm sure we would again. None of this is confirmed, but we're assuming the game's going ahead. We assume there's going to be at least a minute silence, potentially two. There sometimes are two in exceptional circumstances. And I would certainly hope that this national anthem is sung before games. This will be confirmed in the next few days, um, exactly what goes ahead. But I suppose on the plus side, we're at home. You know, had, had we been at Sheffield United, we wouldn't have been at our place. Although it would have been amazing, 30,000 fans doing it together. It's at New York Stadium. I suppose that's a positive that we get to do it at home. 
sort of our first respect, I suppose that's some sort of positive. Mm, um, and Jalen Simpson, another positive injuries. We have injuries back for the rearranged fixture whenever that game's going to be rearranged. Um, I just after the Coventry game gets rearranged, if any more games get rearranged, it's going to be Saturday, Tuesday for a while. Mm. Coventry game's not been rearranged yet. Sheffield United games, will, these will both, probably both be after the World Cup now, I would have expected, which is not ideal, but it is what it is. Uh, right, shall we move on to actual football? <laughs> nice. Um, Blackpool are coming to town. First time we've played Blackpool in a few years. I think it's the first time we played Blackpool since Dan Barlas has scored that free kick on New Year's Day a couple of years, a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, which was a brilliant game. Brilliant. William win, uh, an important win uh, in that season. We are 10 games without defeat against against Blackpool. And we don't often come out with those stats in the Championship. When we're playing the team in the Championship, it's normally we haven't beaten since 30s and nonsense like that. We've actually got a good record against somebody for once. Uh, the last defeat was in 1997, and we've only lost one of our last seven home games against Blackpool, which I think is very good. Um, Danny, I suppose we're going to be repeating the conversation from Thursday with some ex- exceptions. What can you see in terms of how we're going to set up? Grant Hall might be available when he wasn't mm. available for Saturday. Um, let's start, go back to front, as we always like to do. Goalkeeper Victor, I assume? Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting. I was having this conversation today um, about how we were going to line up. But yeah, I think Victor is more or less the starting keeper these days. Unless he gets injured or needs some time away or whatever, he will be starting keeper because he's very rarely put a foot wrong this season, Yeah. Um, which is a big step up for Victor, you know, because he was backup keeper to Blackman last time in the champ. Um, it was more or less split 50-50 with him and Vickers last season, but he's now took on the number one shirt wholeheartedly and he has done very, very well. Other than probably a couple of hiccups against Sunderland, which was just a big hiccup anyway, he's done very, very well. And mm. yeah, he starts whenever he's fit for me, unless he's in the cup, because then you give Vickers a run out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um Mick defence. I can't wait to don't Sheffield United one Sheffield United episode, so we'll go again on this one. Grant mm. Hall, I think Grant Hall will be available. We'll wait for the pre-match press conference from Paul Ward, but I think he was close for the Sheffield games. So I think he, he probably will be available. What are you looking like? What's your back three looking like? Cameron Humphries will be, will be available. Richard Wood will be available. All our ten, at least ten days rest. Mm. I think it's it's going to be a tough decision for Warren here this one because Wood has made himself undroppable particularly bearing in mind he's had a break as well. Um, Cameron Humphreys, I accept that he's been injured, but can you, can you really not bring him straight back in mm. the way he's been performing? I think it's really, really difficult. Um, and can you really drop Lee Peltier? I mean, as a back three, they've been absolutely outstanding. Um, Grant Hall has been excellent, although he, out of the, the four of them, has probably has probably not quite hit the same heights that the others have. Um, and then what about Wes? Mm. <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I, it's a it's a big headache. It's a great headache to have. Um, however, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I genuinely can't call it. Mm. Not much uh, of that, is it? Jonathan says you save wood for Saturday. Uh, I would normally say that, especially with the Wednesday 
Saturday break. But Woody showed the Sunderland game, pulled Sunderland into the Watford game, and he played the Saturday before, for three games in a week. If he can do that, I think there's a strong chance he'll be able to do two again. Bear in mind, it's an international break after Saturday's game as well. So if you can mm. get 180 minutes from the next two games, we'll absolutely try and rinse it out of him. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he said in the uh, his interview in the advertiser that um, he's played three games in a week and he's and he's felt brilliant after mm. it. So it's um, it, it's not like he's uh, he's blowing after three games and he's losing his legs after after um, 270 minutes in a week. So yeah, I think if he's fit and able to do it and there's no underlying issues, then Woody plays because again, he's another one who's been solid. Anti really, he's made very, very few errors and he's chipped in with four goals for a 37 year old centre back. <laughs> I mean, because of uh, what's happened with the Queen, obviously the announcement of player of the uh, of the month is back, mm-hmm. but I still think Woody should win it purely for the fact that he's a centre half, he scored four goals, kept three clean cheese, <clears throat> and he's 37. Um, so he's almost as old as King Charles, isn't he? So <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Wood is another certified starter for me. And like you say, it's international break. So if we can get another 180 minutes out of him after an enforced break before the actual international break, then I say go for it because he is a rock in our defence. Yeah, and is. a wrecking ball in the opposition's defence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Scott Gundy thinks the back should be Hall, Wood and Humphreys. Um, mm. If Hall's fit, yeah. That's that's what you got. I, I, I know what you're saying, Mick, with Peltier. Yeah. Uh, Harding. But that back three has been our best back three so far, if when they've played. Um, I think they may be... The, they, they, it those three have played in every clean sheet so far as well? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. 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 I just think, yeah, for me, Peltier is a better player. In my view, it's all about opinions, isn't it? You know what I mean? Um, and... and Mind. You've really so, taken to Pelty, haven't you? I have, yeah. I, I think I just—he's <laughs> just so cool, calm, and collected. You know, he, he just oozes experience and class. Um, and I know, I, with, with Grant Hall, I just feel as though he's got a, a confidence issue potentially. I know he's suffered mm-hmm. quite a lot from injuries anti throughout his career, yes. and, yeah. and he—I he, don't know whether it's just he seems to play like a player who doesn't want to get injured. Mm. Or he's worried about being injured. I might be just making this up. I don't know. It just it, it, there's just something in my mind that puts Peltier above him. But again, like I said, what do I know? Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like Peltier is a, is, is a. He feels like a bit of a typical scouser. Or, or that he just goes about what he needs to do, and he's not very bothered about anybody else. He's doing his job, and if his teammates aren't aren't doing their job as well, he's going to tell them. He's going to have a go at them and sort them out something straight. And I quite, I quite like that. I do like that person. What seems to be a good mm. personality trait um, we've got from him. Um, yeah. Should we skip, skip in the middle of here and do ref watch? Um, ref watch is Michael Salisbury. Um, the name rings a bell, Mick, but I don't, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. It's not Graham Salisbury. I don't think he's related to Graham Salisbury either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the last referee does in January this year, again, QPR, the 1-1 draw in the FA Cup. Uh, to QPR, the only thing of note from that game was not giving that penalty on Chio um, in front of the away end, which he should have done. Uh, other than that, it's fine. The he has been at the centre of controversy very recently, though, 
last weekend when all the VAR stuff went off in the Premier League, if you remember the Newcastle Crystal Palace game where Newcastle goal was disallowed because of an adjudged push um, on the keeper, he was the referee that decided to disallow the goal uh, and made an incorrect decision through VAR on the pitch and then VAR. We haven't got VAR, so maybe don't worry about it too much. Um, but it was an absolute shocker of a decision. So that's certainly something worth mentioning. Um, Jalen Simpson, on the topic of referees, um, will we have the same referee for the Sheffield United game next time around or another? It will almost certainly be another. It depends on availability and when these people are available and things such as that. So another positive, Nucky Stroud. Mm. Happy days. Uh, yeah, but we'll get him sooner or later, don't worry. No, 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 no. Uh, anything you want to add on Michael Salisbury? On uh, he's known referees a handful of times anyway. It's not. But well, fingers crossed, he's, he's he's one of the better ones. Let's let's hope if he's had some Premier League involvement, then uh, then perhaps he's um, he's considered one of the better referees. Who knows? I think yeah. um, it's definitely a benefit that he's at home um, because if Howard Webb returns to the uh, <laughs> returns to the. Uh, the posh box, it can give him a bumbling at half time if he's been poor, like he did with the last referee that came to New York. I'm convinced I would web game the rumbling. I honestly am I am convinced. <laughs> but yeah, but if he's if his last game against us with that one one draw with QPR, I can't remember anything majorly bad other than the decision on Chio. But again, if Chio lets him know that he's remembered it, then yeah. he might look out for it this time. Like remember Victor when he met Gavin Ward's Again, whenever someone went near Victor, he gave a foul on the keeper. Whenever he switches <laughs> actors, um, the same again with Birmingham, he actually got a foul off him. Um, True. but yeah, just just get in his ear, Chio. No, nothing, nothing bad. Don't tell him <laughs> off, just go remember what you did at QPR, keep a lookout. All he wants to do is when he's warming up, just walk out with his phone and just play it. Ref, have a look at this. And just yeah. show him the incident, knocking the penalty. Um, Imagine if Joe brings out my vlog because I swear, I swear, <laughs> I reviewed it live on the vlog and went, "Here, that's a penalty." Because I think, it, I think, I might be wrong, but I think it was in front of us and I reviewed it. Was, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. yeah I, I think I did it, review it then. To be fair, it was also in front of the linesman. It was. Um, yeah, and, true. And, and also, to be fair. It probably weren't a penalty. Was just saying. Anyway, um, Michael Miller <laughs> says uh, the referee had a shocker, demotes him for a week in the championship. What is interesting about Michael Salisbury? He doesn't referee many games, so I'll compare it to last season. So he refereed twenty-one games last season. Mm-hmm. Keith Stroud, for example, refereed I think nearly forty games. No, um, he counted on Bournemouth didn't play forty games last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, they did. They did. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And and having done the ref watch so far and look at every stats, ref, all the ref stats from last season, Michael Sosby has a very low number of games refereed last season compared to others. Um, mm. Might just be an anomaly, or it might have made mistakes and been taken off. I don't know. But it's just a bit of an anomaly. I just thought I'd mention. He may have been involved in this VAR team. He didn't True. necessarily need to be the VAR referee, does he? But um, or the the, the the lead one. He may be involved in that, perhaps. That's very true. I don't know how to check that. I'll no, see that no. next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Millie says that she's heard a few Blackpool fans moaning about Salisbury ref in the game. That might be a good thing. It might be crap for them. Mm. Um, Hopefully. Bradley asked if we're having a Blackpool on for the scan report. No, we're not. After what, I've just not had time in the last few days to organise anything, to be honest with you. We'll try and bring back the scan report for Middlesbrough, though, if we can. Um, 
No promises. <laughs> um, before we move back on to us, let's talk about a little bit about Blackpool. Ian Bradley says, tough game but winnable. Jerry Yates will score inevitably. Uh, scored two this season. I think one was a penalty. Uh, it's nailed on, Danny. You might as well stick your house on it, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I'm going to be the, um, what's the word, devil's advocate and say I don't think he's going to score. I, I think Woody will say to the defence, keep an eye out for him because we've had experience with him at this club before. And they'll not just marshal him a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has done well since he's left us, hasn't he? He's very fitting oh, of Blackpool's operation. Mm. But I don't know, we've not played Blackpool whilst he's been there, I don't think. Not yet. Uh, not yeah, so, so yeah, on, on that basis, yeah, he's bound to score. But on the basis of Woody having experience with him, I think he'll try and marshal them out of the game a little bit. Mm. Not that that's yeah. our game plan, just to get rid of Jerry Yates out of the game and see if we can hang on. It'll just be something that comes to Woody naturally as the leader in the centre half. Yeah, on Jerry Yates, we always knew there were a player there. There were times mm. when he was with us that you thought, you know what, there's something there. But then there was other times where it just looked, it looked lost. Mm. And I'm glad he's found a place. You know, we, we want to see players yeah. who are on the system and do it and being successful. Uh, mm-hmm. It's obviously a shame he couldn't do it with us, but he has, like Danny says, he's, he's gone and had a, so far a very, very good Blackpool career. Yeah, he has. And, and, mm-hmm. and then I guess, I don't know, but it might be that he's had a bit of a weight lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. It was a massive thing for him playing for other United, as it would be for anybody, any of us who support the club. You know what I mean? Um, and and you, I, I guess it's difficult to, to, to sort of judge how much pressure that put on him, um, on his game. And he seems again, don't don't really know, but he seems to have gone to Blackpool and 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 kind of been released a little bit, mm. um, and 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 plays with a lot more freedom than uh, than he did when he was with us. So it's it maybe that that move's just sort of, like I said, take the pressure off him. And uh, it, it you know, like you say, Matt, it's great to see um, players who've come through our academy, who've come through our youth system. Uh, doing well for themselves, and I hope he gets a good reception when he comes back on on Tuesday night because he's a Rotherham mm. boy. Um, he's a product of Rotherham United. My prediction is that he won't. Mine is as well. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is unfortunate, but anyway, yeah. you'll get one from me. Apparently, uh, UK. I think this is right. We rushed him too soon. We threw him into the championship before he was ready. Mm. Yeah, but we had to. It, it was Paul Warren's first season. The squad he had was parts of it were pathetic. We had to rely on Sir Anthony Ferry scored, didn't he? Scored against uh, Norwich. Oh, yeah, Norwich. I, mm. well, yeah, I think yeah. his granddad had just recently died. It was a massively emotional day for him. So mm. we have got good memories of Jerry Yates, uh, I suppose. Um, back on um, Graham Salisbury, very, uh, Michael Salisbury. Mick, unfortunately, he is related. Graham Salisbury is the father of Michael Salisbury. And yeah, I've heard this before. Terrible. He was a terrible. Record. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dreadful. But uh, I, I've seen that before, and I'm not. I'm not 100% convinced that that's right, but that was on I'm Brentford's website. I've just well, got well, Brentford, so right in that case, then I take that back completely, and that's obviously right. And there'll be a it, it, hopefully it's just it's not like father, like son, eh? We'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> He's maybe learned from his dad's mistakes, perhaps. I'm trying to look on bright side here, mate. Come on, help me out. It's not like you to look on bright side of referee. What's up with you? <laughs> I'm trying to help, I'm trying to, trying to change, turn over a new leaf. That one. Not that, that'll last to about 20 past eight on Wednesday night. Yeah, maybe not even that long. 
Um, on this, on Blackpool's form this season, they are inconsistent, but probably a better start than probably similar to us, to be honest with you. Better start. I think when Michael Appleton took over, nobody was really sure what was going to happen to Blackpool, but they've managed to beat Reading, beat QPR, and Huddersfield, two of those that were away wins. Um, they're, they're an interesting team there with their results. They either win 1 0 or, or draw 3 3. We've got two 3 3 draws already this season. Um, mm-hmm. Not many games in. So, you, we us, Danny, you'd sort of say, I'm not going to concede many. Sunderland game is an anomaly. It's probably going to be quite a tight game. With Blackpool, you don't know. You've come to just two games with six goal thrillers and loads of one nils in there. I suppose it depends which Blackpool turns up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think if the um, if we're turning and expecting a three three draw with those, I don't think we will get that. To be honest, um, but yeah, hopefully the Blackpool turns up that's just scoring one and not three. Mm. Um, I have just done a, a little bit of. Um, looking up on Blackpool's squad about how well they've been performing. There's a lot of high sixes and maybe a couple of low sevens rated in their team. This is on FootMob, by the way. Um, so FootMob, if you want to become a partner of the uh, podcast, please get in touch um, because we, I use your website. And um, But yeah, like you said, Blackpool's a little bit hit and miss. I mean, beating Reading's nothing special. We've done that, haven't we? And we mm. smacked them 4-0. Um, but beating teams like QPR, who gave us a real game and you know, Huddersfield, who, granted at the time, were a little bit rocky, but have improved a little bit since. Um, yeah, like I say, it should, be, it should be a close game. There won't be much in this. It'll be a goal either way, potentially. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, but their, their draws all came from losing positions. Somebody just put in the comments, Stephen Thomas put in the comments. Um, they were 3-1 down away at Burnley and brought it back to 3-3. Um, mm. There was also three three at home to Black uh, to Bristol City, sorry, and that was also three two or three two down, two, one nil to one three two. So they come up behind. So they've got character. That that tells you one mm. thing. Mm. They've got character. Even if we go one nil up, you know when 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 we went when it was Birmingham ready make and Reading, sorry, when we went one nil up, I know as as fans were stressed and nervous, but Birmingham off of nothing, Reading off of nothing, Blackpool mm. seem like they're going to have a bit of a backbone. Yeah, it's the test, won't it? Um, because the vast majority of clubs in this division are going to have a backbone. Um, you know, it's and it's the ones that don't that are going to be in trouble uh, come come the end of the season. We're we're proving so far that we're we're made of stronger stuff than we've ever made ever been mm-hmm. made of in this division. Um, and I'd like to think we're made of stronger stronger stuff than than Blackpool are. Um, that Burnley result, you can. You can kind of take it with a bit of a pinch of salt with it being a, 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 a derby, a derby game. Yeah. Uh, the Bristol City game, we know that Bristol City have been doing very, very well, but they are a bit fragile at times. Mm. Um, we're not, with the exception of that Sunderland game. I'm trying to black, black that out, block that out <laughs> of my mind, um, psyche. But um, with the exception of that game, we're not. So um, it's going to be a very, very difficult night. For Blackpool on Wednesday, I think. I hope so. Because uh, we were both sort of tip for relegation, weren't we? A bit like the Redden and Burton yeah. game. We're, we're, we're... Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
The TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Both teams were tipped uh, to be in the relegation, or certainly near the relegation places. Neither us or Blackpool have started, or Reddit have started like that. Um, before we move further down, Danny, Jamie wants to know, is there going to be a New York Stadium pie review? I think you said you're going to wait till the end of the season to do the give them a chance to get it sorted. Yeah, um, it'll be away reviews until the last home game of the season, and then we'll chip in with New York Talks one. So they've got until... What's our last home game of the season? Um, uh, Borough? Middlesbrough, 29th of April. Yep, so they've got until Middlesbrough to get it right. And if they don't get it right, then we'll look it. Yeah, so everybody's come from listening. Make sure you get it sorted. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to see Danny's pie reviews so far, they are set up individually on the shorts version of our YouTube channel. Uh, and I should say thank you to everybody who's subscribed to YouTube channel. We're up to 700, uh, 700 hey. subscribers on YouTube, hey. our latest landmark. Thank you very much. Uh, and thank you everybody that listened and watched the Sheffield United preview because... By the time it came out, like two hours later, it became completely pointless. We can see from the stats that some people still did listen and watch that. Um, so I hope you found some nuggets of wisdom in there. My wife watched it. Your wife watched it and you got told off, didn't you? I got told off, yeah. Before I left to uh, to do the, uh, the podcast, the, the last thing she said to me was, when you talk, she knows, because obviously she knows what I'm like. Um, but when you talk talking about what's happened with the Queen, do not laugh. So, what, what was the first thing that I did? I laughed. It was a nervous. You're a nervous chuckle. laugher. Aren't you? Yeah, I'm yeah. a nervous laugher. Um, so I got told off for that <laughs> more than once since. <laughs> yeah. So I apologise for that to everybody. A public apology. I don't think anybody noticed. I don't think I don't think anybody cares either. Probably, but would you like to do a Mick yeah. rant on a Mick laugh, or is that too Not much? Really. Laugh? Not really. It's no, human no. itself, isn't it? Let's talk about let's talk about Matt Sherrod's comment about um, Sherrod's oh, comment. Yeah. Were you going to go into that, Matt? I wasn't actually. But go for no, it. Danny Ogden oh, is getting better looking every day. Um, he's got got a look of James Dean Bradfield, mate. I have no idea who that is. You don't know who that is? <laughs> Manic, Street Manic Street Preachers singer. Look at what I like know. him. Mm. I, I see a little bit, yeah. You've got some fans, right? You've got fans. Fair enough. Well, again, if you want to give... Maybe that's why we've 700. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say, um, because it's on my laptop, I cannot put filters on this, or at least I don't know how to. Um, so, yeah, this is the real deal. Um yeah, so thank you to uh, the men's room in Sunnyside for making me look this attractive because I don't know how they pulled it off, to be honest. <laughs> Just let me write that down, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're listening on audio, unlucky, you can't see my lovely face, so you must be serenaded through my lovely voice instead. Uh, so unlucky to all the audio listeners. <laughs> 
Um, we will come back into the Blackpool game, but John Morrell says, to be fair, it's not a bad time for the Sheffield United game to be postponed. Hopefully, we'll play them later on when they aren't destroying everybody in their path. Yeah. Again, there's a po- it's a sort of positive because, again, we're not going to play until after World Cup. Hmm. Almost definitely. So, we're probably going to pay him in January or after. And which could mean, bear in mind how close Sander Berg, for example, was close to leaving the club in Jan- in August. Mm. He could have left the side. The, the teams go through bad spells and they were in an exceptional spell. It might be a better time to play him. We've got to play him sooner or later, haven't we? So, you know, um, it might help us from a, from a sort of confidence point of view to play him when we've got a few more points on the board, uh, which hopefully by January we will have. Um, a significant number more, hopefully. So uh, there's there's arguments one way or the other, aren't there? Really, you know, one get it out of the way and let's move on. Mm. Uh, making the assumption that we were going to lose, um, yeah. which you know, I suppose realistically we probably were, but you just you never know in this division, do you? Um, so yeah, it's going to be a night game, which which yes. always adds a bit more atmosphere to it, doesn't it? So Love the night game, absolutely, absolutely. And at Bramble Lane as well, it's great. The night games there are great. They're better than the the, the, the afternoon games for me. At and unless Mike Dean's refereeing, unless Mike Dean's refereeing, yeah, and then it's not. <laughs> but I, I'm over that one. Yeah, he's retired now. Anyway, don't matter. Don't matter, does it? Uh, and also, John Morrell rightly points out the Coventry probably hoping none of theirs get rearranged after World Cup. Uh, he mentions Ho- O'Hare coming back from, but. I think Saturday for them was meant to be their first home game of the season. Yeah. Or was it the second home game of the season? Second, first... they played Preston, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's been delayed even further. Um, it rings a bell with me. I can't remember where this has happened before, <laughs> where teams keep getting games. I just, it just it's, it's gone out of my mind, but it has happened before. I, had, I remember a conversation with somebody on a group chat from, from a, who was a Coventry fan. And they were sort of saying, well, what, what would make sense is that we should play Rotherham during the World Cup, or the first week of the World Cup or whatever, because Rotherham don't have any internationals, which is valid. Very valid point. We don't have any going at World Cup. But then I came back saying, two years ago, Luton, I mean, it was particularly the Luton game, Luton didn't have any internationals, and we wanted to play Luton during the international break. And the EFL said, stuff it, you're not playing during the international break. So play four times in a week instead. Yeah, so... Mm. Although I personally have sympathy for them because we've we've been there, they're not going to get any sympathy from us rearranging our schedule that much. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but there's um, there's one big elephant in the room that Coventry fans and potentially some of our fans might be missing with the uh, the Coventry fixture. It's still under investigation by the EFL for the postponement. Is it now? We know what the EFL are like about conducting investigations. It'll take <laughs> until at least April for it to be concluded. Um, but yeah, the investigation is to see if it's a postponement or a forfeit. And if it gets ruled a forfeit, then it'll be a little bit like the Berry situation before they went out of business. But because Coventry are stable uh, in terms of finances, then it'll be the old-fashioned type of forfeit where we get awarded the win and get three points out of it, and it's just deemed, deemed an unplayed fixture. But they are looking, and I think that's why they are looking at it quite in-depth to see if they can still rule that or if mm. it can be played at some point, which it probably can, um, but they're just checking if Coventry broke any rules with the lateness of the postponement and not telling the EFL what their pitch state was and then only finding out what state the pitch was in 
about 48 hours before the game itself. So there was legit nothing they could do about it. And yeah, there's a lot of factors to fact uh, to bring into it. But yeah, from what from at least what I've been told, it is still under investigation. The Preston one isn't because it was postponed in plenty of time, but our one is apparently. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, that that, one that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the double header. We play Coventry in February. We'll play them on the Tuesday after as well. Just play them twice in a week. Let's <laughs> <We'll be fine. laughs> not bother because you know what happened when we played Shrewsbury last season. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Let's not yeah. bother with that. No, that's a good point. Um, moving forward, let's go look ahead again back to the Blackpool game. We talked in the last episode about midfield, Danny. Where what should midfield look at? Would you change anything from your conversation on Saturday? I don't know, there's been no games, and as far as we know, there's no midfield injury issues. How mm. would you be interested in changing any of the midfield? Um, I suppose the only question mark really comes with Wales. I looked a little bit off it in the last game, but. I don't know, we might have had plenty of time to at least not not give his head a wobble, but just to like instill a bit more confidence in himself and hopefully get him over that little hump that he's, in, uh, he's on at the minute. But then it comes to the conversation of do you drop him, give him time on the bench, bring on as an impact player? I'm not sure. This is exactly what I said in the Chef United podcast, so I'm just repeating myself anyway. Um, <laughs> I would keep Wiles in the team. I think, from a personal point of view, I'd keep him in the team um, until he majorly screws up, if you like. I mean, I think he has got an assist this season at least once. I think he's got at least one, yeah. Yeah, so he is contributing. He just hasn't found his groove that he got at early stages last season, but it'll come. Um, yeah, I think now with Blackpool, we're playing for Blackpool. If he still underperforms, then we'd have to swap him out for the Middlesbrough game. But if he performs really well after a little break, then give him in the team, I think. Mm. Uh, Paramount UK, it depends on Wilde's mind. If you're still dwelling on the transfer market, then you drop him. Yeah, I could see that. It, let's play with the other advocate. Let's say Paul Warren does decide to drop him. We don't know if he is. But if he was to drop him, who comes in for you? Because obviously, when we talk about Sheffield United, we thought, oh, Rathbone and Lindsay make sense. So you're going to need to be ratting a little bit. You're going to be out of possession a lot of the time. You need that energy. Blackpool, although it's not going to be an easy game, we may have the ball a bit more and there's going to be less. Mm-hmm. They're not, not as often as there is possession based as Sheffield United would be. So could you be tempted to bring Scott High in and replace him or would you still stick with Lindsay? I stick with Lindsay. I think it's too early for Scott High. I think he, he's, he's going to make his Rosam appearance as a substitute for the bulk of this season. Um, he, he's young. He's, he's, he's still a little bit naive. He's got a lot to learn, I think. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be starting him. Certainly not at the moment, anyway. Uh, not when you've got Jamie Lindsay on bench. Jamie Lindsay's done absolutely nothing to deserve to be on the bench, other than not be quite as good as the players that have been, been playing. Mm. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it, you, know, you can't get a cigarette paper between them, can you? You know what I mean? So now Jamie Lindsay would come in if Wiles then Wiles doesn't. For me, yeah. Um, Paramount UK rightly points this out. Uh, the shocking thing about Wiles is even a half-arsed Wiles, as Paramount UK puts it, is still a solid championship player. Yeah. <laughs> when he's back on form, what's it going to be like? I think I think that's a really good and important point that he's not been, although he's not been there, he's not been, he's, he's still not been a terrible player, has he? Um, yeah. Our standards for him are just higher than what he's been given. I think is what is 
a nice way to put it. Um, Phil Robinson says, some fans will only realise what Wiles contributes to the game when he's not playing for us. Yeah. Mm. I think that can often be the case with players like that. You only know what you've got when it's gone. And the winners of the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would either of you change Chio and E and uh, Connor Washington? Bearing in mind that Eves has had a bit more time to get a bit more fitness under his belt. Not for me. Fair enough, Danny. I think. Um, yeah, I, I'd stick with Chio and Washington for the time being. Um, and yeah, I think I, I do think he needs just a little bit more time. He needs to sort of not gel with the team, but like learn how we operate and how we're constantly pressing. Even when it's seventy minutes gone, we're constantly pressing the other team's back line if they've got the ball because just basing off what happened against Watford, he didn't quite get into that groove. And I think when he, he clicks onto that, that's when he'll possibly occupy a starting berth. But just for the time being, keep him on the bench, keep him as an aerial threat later in the game when you've got their back line a little bit more tired. And, yeah, I think he'll uh, start coming on progressively earlier in the game as well and then go from there. But for Blackpool, I think a, a bench berth. Mm. It's going to have to go a long way to, to displace either of those two for the moment. Mm. You know, they've both been playing exceptionally well. Um, out of the two of them, Chio has been the one that's been more in and out of games than, mm. than Washington has for me. Um, you know, Chio's work rate's not been quite as high um, up front as it was when he, when he was playing out wide. By definition, I guess, because of the position he plays in. But, um, you know, it's not he's not been at the level work rate-wise that Connor Washington has. That's not a criticism of Chio. That's just you know that just how I how I perceive the way he's been playing. But at, to 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 drop either one of them at the moment, uh, they've done nothing to deserve that that I can see. And when 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 Tom Eves has come on, he's done nothing. He's not done enough to to, to sort of justify it either. If that makes sense, mm. it's not to say he's been playing badly. It's just he's not done enough to, yeah. to displace either of those two for me. Yeah, I think I agree, to be honest with you. Um, on wing-backs, Norton Cuffey and Cohen Bramwell were probably the favourites to start. The only caveat I will, again, is to play devil advocate here, Danny. We play Middlesbrough Saturday, Saturday evening, live on Sky. Um, how much would that play in your mind, bearing in mind we know they've got, for example, Ryan Giles, who is very, very quick. So it's going to be very mm. important for the Middlesbrough game to have somebody who's very, very quick to match up mm. against him. Um because obviously he's left hand side, so that would be Brook Norton Cuffey. Would you just say, right, game, play the games in front of you and sort of worry about that later? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think because, I mean, even if something does go a little bit wrong with Norton Cuffey, which I can't see happening per se, we have still got Wes Hardy who can play there and do a very good job there. And it yeah. almost seems like we've got very good players, at least two of them, in every position. Which for us is unheard of in in the modern in the modern game, but yeah, I say give <coughs> excuse me, give Norton Coffee the start for potentially both games, um, and I can see him being a little bit of a shock to Ryan Giles. To be fair, a little bit of a shock of bloody hell, this kid's only eighteen, and 
I don't know. Norton Cuffer looks a lot quicker than what Giles looked when he played for us and mm. in the Millsborough game that was on telly recently. So, yeah, I think Norton Cuffey right sides until, again, he's injured or um, he's took off as a precaution and we need to bring somebody else on. Mm. We, yeah. we were bounced, mighty impressed with Ryan Charles when he was when he was with us. I accept that, but mm. Brook Norton Cuffey is an upgrade. No question about that. No I think um, Bramall might potentially be an upgrade as well because Bramall's quick yeah. on that left side yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, he is. 100%. We'll cover that. We'll cover that on Thursday. Thursday night, Friday, Friday when the episode is out. Um, I think we're just about to cover positions. Shall we go for some predictions? Obviously, the ones we did last time were useless now. Um, <laughs> Danny, would you like to start us off with your Blackpool prediction? Hmm. Um, not to not to jinx it or anything, but every time I've been to Rotherham against Blackpool, we've won. Because um, I went to their place a few years ago when my mate stole one of their seats. I won't name him <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, then I went to the one nil where Will Volk scored, um, and then both times the other season as well when we beat him. Was it? 2 0 until 1? Is that, is that what it was? I don't know if I can look my screen now. Uh, <laughs> can't remember. We still had 2 1 at home. Yeah, when, when Barlas has scored, which was fantastic. I think that's the only free kick he's, he scored for us as well. That's so, one. one hell of a one to score. But anyway, um, yeah, I think Rotherham will just pip it 1 0, I think. 1 0. I should write that down. Nick? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be more comfortable than Danny, I think. I'm going to. I'm... I'm not going to say what I said pre-Sunderland game, but I think it's going to be 2-0. I think we're going to... I think Tours? Yeah, 2-0 Rotherham. Okay. I will go 3-2 then. Goals in, goals in both teams, isn't there? 3-2 Tours, um, I should say. Um, Stephen Thomas is 3-1 Tours. Scott Grundy, 2-0. Essex for 1. Jamie, 3 Chris Taylor says 2-1 towards John Morell says one. he thinks we'll win 1-0 he thinks they'll pick up a good point against West Brom which mm-hmm. is great I like it I like positivity Kim Haywood says 2-0 Harvey Kelwick 2-1 Powell UK 2-1 Jerry Ann Simpson 2-0 and so is Millie Click says 2-0 as well mm-hmm. uh, I take basically any of those <laughs> <laughs> any, 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 any prediction where we pick up points I'm happy this season yeah Correct. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, if we, if we win, we, we we obviously puts up the twelve points. We know how, how difficult a game it's going to be at Borough on Saturday. So, we, if you take us into the international break with twelve points, we'd have all have taken that. So, one oh, win for two games. Yeah. Yeah, we we could get fifteen. So that's obviously unlikely. We're, we're going to be in consecutive games, um, but we'd all take twelve points going in going into that break. I think. Um, Are we on ten? Sorry, on nine. I've forgotten. No, we're on ten. You're all right. We could go. We could go with thirteen then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't say. I'm swear we're on double figures already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could could go with thirteen or sixteen potentially, or Mm. fourteen as well potentially. But also on the flip side of that, I'm happy with ten going into international break as well. That for me is still a solid start. Yeah. We 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 could go with twelve. Draw two. Draw draw both from. We're going with twelve again. Still take it, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, Again, we're talking that the game should be ahead. There's obviously a potential issue with policing. Uh, which could be an issue for both games. I don't expect it to be a problem. I think people playing in London over the next week or so may have some issues. Mm. Um, 
But as things stand, I can't see us against Blackpool being a policing issue. I can't see us at Borough being a policing issue, to be honest with you. Mick, you it might just, have a bit more insight in that. No, I would have thought so. I can't see any reason why it would, can you? Uh, yeah. Like you say, obviously, the, the, the games that are going to be played in London might be an issue because, because obviously they're going to have all sorts of um, all sorts of stuff down there going off. Um, so that might that might cause a bit of a problem. But from from sort of Watford Gap North, I can't see any issues. Can you? Not really, no. No. And that's all that counts. <laughs> the, uh, the thing I'll I'll chip in with is that this is a story my mother's told me. <clears throat> um, she was coming out of London the day before Princess Diana's funeral, and um, every exit off the M1 from um, that strange roundabout where it starts, all the way until you get out of Greater London, was shut. Mm. And that's the night before, so London effectively goes into lockdown. Um, and and with the Queen's one because it's it is a bigger event, if you like, they will be pulling police from everywhere to make sure they can mm. cope with the crowd control. I think games in and around London, home well, home games in and around London will probably be called off on the if they're on the Sunday or the Saturday. Yeah. Um, but you can't really get much further away than London than Middlesbrough in the <laughs> English leagues, can you? So we could be okay and it is the Saturday as well so we could be okay um, but there's still a little question mark next to Middlesbrough for me but the important thing is it's not on the Sunday which I think is when you start pulling everybody at least for practices mm. and to get everyone lined up um, but yeah any any games Sunday and Monday will probably get called off yeah possibly I can't I can't see the need no worries I can't see a, a big police presence needed at Middle Rotherham Middlesbrough. It's not Rotherham to United, which is a local mm. derby. We're not taking three thousand fans to Middlesbrough. It's going to be quite because the ticket prices in the sky. It's going to be quite a small allocation we're taking. Mm. So from that point of view, the police presence will be very minimal anyway. And again, Wednesday Blackpool, there's not going to be a big police presence then. So I think our fixtures will be safe for those reasons. Um, but we will see. You know, I expected an announcement from the EFL on Tuesday morning probably, um, but we'll wait and see. Because you know what they're like. Um, anything else that you would like to talk about, cons- converse about? Anything? Not for me. I mean, obviously, the EFL have to have another meeting on Monday morning to arrange when they're going to have the meeting to decide <laughs> when they're going to have the meeting to decide the thing. So, um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> even, even though they've leaked it to press already, uh, well, as they do. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, they do, don't they? And, but some of them, some some of these press lads like to. Just have a guess, don't they? And hope that they're right. <laughs> Aye, which is never good. Yes. Because those journals a bad name. Exactly. It does. Um, right. We will go from there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the episode. We will be back on... We'll try and do an instant reaction after the Blackpool game. This depends on lighting and things like we're being a mid- midweek game, night game. Um, we'll test we'll it, do out. it inside the ground, be right. You never uh, thought that through, Matt, did you? When you arranged to do these post match things, you didn't think that it was going to be dark. And I'll tell you something else, it's going to be as well soon raining. Yeah, we could do, yeah, that, that's not a problem. I, I'm trying oh, not man. to spend the money we, the minimum, what's one we get on equipment for that, for things such as that. Um, you see my air when it gets wet. <laughs> The New York Talks super-sized umbrella. That's what we need. Yeah, I'd be one of them gazebo umbrellas. That's what we need. So, 
Um, we will try and do one. If not, we'll do the non-lips on Thursday, as we normally do. Um, that will look into the Middlesbrough game, which will be the final game ahead of the international break. We will probably do some England episodes in preparation for the World Cup during the international break, which I know Mick will be buzzing about. Um, <laughs> Um, but we'll have a conversation between us and work out what exactly what we're going to do during the after break. We'll obviously keep going with the episodes as we always do. Um, Mick, it's been a pleasure to have you back in uh, God's country. Uh, it's, it's nice to be back. <laughs> nice to be back home. Uh, Danny, always a pleasure to have you with us. Yep, always a pleasure. Just hope it goes ahead on Wednesday because I am starting to twitch with my football <laughs> itch. It's like, hmm, damn football. Just watch Florentino. I watched some. What did I watch yesterday? Some Portuguese football. I know, but it's, it's, oh, not, I bet that it's not the same, I'm... though, isn't it? It's not the same. Oh, I bet that was I didn't watch Bundesliga whilst we were in lockdown because it's like it's just not the same, is it? <laughs> Portuguese football must be. What is it just like 22 blokes rolling on the floor, clutching the, clutching the wrong ankle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, on that note, um, thank you all. We will. See you Thursday evening, back Friday morning to the audio podcast. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Rotherham United's pathway to the 